Grog. Hey everyone, it's the Sideship Podcast with me, Peter Fickling, and Matthew Weir. Kerry is away, and Matthew, uh, there's been some vicious rumours going around, Kerry being away. No, she hasn't run off, um, you know, bearing Brian Ferry or Brian Aldridge's love child. <laughs> she is well, and as proof, I have a message from her. Hello, lads. Um, I'm looking at a beautiful sunset. I've just listened to Friday's edition of The Archers. And uh, what a funny old week in so many ways. I am clearly in mourning because Graham Potter has left Brighton. I'm not really finding it easy to recover from that at the moment. Uh, I'm also in mourning Uh because I've only got three days left of the holiday. Uh, Glad Chelsea's back. Love Jim. Oh, my goodness. What a man. That's all I can really think of to say, other than I don't what I really hope Tracy and Jazza are never on jury service, jumping to so many conclusions <laughs> erroneously. Anyway, Peter said keep it short. I've gone on far too long already, I imagine. I'm off for dinner now. And um love you both. Not mentioning the Queen. Oops, just mentioned her. That's all I'm gonna say. Matthew, I'm not that much of a dragon, am I? <laughs> I, just, I did say it'll send a little message saying friendly message saying keep it short what kind of podcast forces people to leave messages under two minutes for god's sake <laughs> ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Kerry is still on her amazing holiday, and I... I am not a man given to jealousy, but I I do feel certain pangs in that direction with Kerry. She's every day. It's another tasty meal, another bottle of wine, another day of reading on the beach. The only thing missing from the uh, the message this week was the music, because last week I just imagined Kerry was recording that on her phone with her plate of her empty plate in front of her, completely impervious to a rotund trio of musicians three three inches to her left playing desperate for attention and she was just like giving this you know that's a really good point and it actually chimes quite well with the chase chelsea message doesn't it because kerry said um it's really good to have chelsea back but of course i think we're supposed to wonder whether she made the the call under duress because obviously there was the suspicion that the text message was a, a hoax and i i um i'm not you know not trying to be too cynical, but I did think is that, is it all is it still good news that she's um that she's called up Jim? Well, before we go any further, 
Kerry has contradicted herself there because I'm glad Chelsea's back. And the reason Chelsea are back is that Graham Potter has left Brighton. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so for those who don't know, Matthew supports one of the two most unpleasant football teams in the world. I support the other one. Um, and, <laughs> uh, Brighton, a you know very lovable team with a very lovable manager being desecrated by the Chelsea hierarchy, the new owner who's um, bought Graham Potter. A man, this is how likeable he is, for those who don't know. he When he got to his club in Norway, where he kind of built his career, the first thing he did was make the entire team do amateur dramatics. Yeah, well, Chelsea do that on the pitch most days. <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. There will be plenty of um, jokes that write themselves. But anyway, so yeah, um, I'm thanks for the reminder, Gary. Anyone that I was doing the Twitter this week, and at one point I was multitasking watching Tuchel's last game for Chelsea. So everyone knows that I was kind of suffering at the same time. And then there was our WhatsApp group chat where Kerry was lots of laughing emojis that Tuchel had been sacked. And then they turned to crying emojis within about 17 minutes when Mm. Graham Potter got in a car and went to Chelsea to have an interview. Anyway, let's see what happens. Let's get back to our Chelsea rather than your rotten one. Um, Yes. is Is she safe? Is she as safe as your Chelsea is now that Graham Potter's there? That's the question. Well, where could she be, right? I was starting to think, and I know that we, we had, as you, you put that nice little insert in last week that, that we deduced that it could be Josh, almost certainly. Um, I didn't think Freddie sounded that innocent this week, but really he had, in another topic that we'll talk about later, he had plenty of chances to step in and say it was him. Mm. Could he be holding him up in Lower Loxley? Lots of rooms there could be hiding her somewhere but I don't think he is Josh hasn't got the new place just yet has he because Shula's leaving is at least a fortnight away so I don't think he does have the old love caravan that um, Jill had a go in the caravan of love sucks yeah and it's probably got very poor phone reception oh yeah I mean she said she's safe didn't she and I mean, I've been scrambling around. What's that meme where the guy has got the the wire type board? Is it from It's Always Sunny or The Office or something where the guy is working out a conspiracy theory on the board and he's got all the sh- the, the pieces of string from different papers? Oh, it's Charlie from It's Always Sunny. Yeah. I've, well, I've never seen It's Always Sunny apart from about 20 minutes. So I, I didn't, uh, I got a feeling it was him. We're going to lose about half an episode in a few weeks time when you do watch it and you'll be unable to contain your enthusiasm. Okay, yeah, yeah. It does suffer from Blackadder syndrome, where the first series is mediocre at best. Mm. I got a feeling that it might have been the f- a bit of the first season that I saw because it was a long, long time ago in a youth hostel, and uh, yeah, I wasn't over overly uh, um, taken with it. The first series is, um, you know, Kate Medicane, and then the second series onwards is pure Jim and Jazza. It's you know, mm-hmm. it's good stuff. Okay. Good mm. reference as well. So I'm trying to piece it together. I felt that there might be something to do with Happy Mondays because there was a Happy Monday night at the Bull. I can't really. <laughs> I mean, I've gone, I've gone through the lyrics. I've gone through the song titles. Is there someone with a kinky afro in the? Maybe I don't know. Chelsea did a hairstyle. I never ever try and be that that dad who's like, oh my god, you know, so you like you know, spot the person who doesn't have any kids. But I cannot think of a clearer <laughs> example of the difference in the amount of spare thinking time you've got compared to mine. As someone who's a big, well, yeah, you're more of a Columbo man who just works it out on the spot in the last 17 seconds of the episode, aren't you? 
that's high praise. I, there's no, there's no, there's no part of my brain or there's no version of my brain in any universe where I take that as an insult. It's like, oh, I'm a clumber okay. man. Yeah, brilliant. I yeah. also threw in a, a great Cure album there, 17 Seconds by mistake. The only thing I got out of it actually was in Sunday's episode where Chelsea was still here and talking about what makes her want to park a tiger. So there, I mean, Chelsea was saying she didn't like this when she was pregnant with Chelsea. She didn't like cigarette smoke, and then when it was with Brad, it was popcorn. And then Chelsea said, it's with me, it's Brad's deodorant, which was scent of the wolf. And Brad cried wolf, didn't he? He said it was Russ and sent them off on a wild goose chase. Or is that just me having too much time and not enough kids? Um, no, I, that sounds cruel when you say it like that. And I feel bad. But um, I know I think it is the I think it is the uh, too much imagination coupled with a surplus of time. OK, so turn it to a bit of a compliment. OK. The reason I'm doubting you is not because I don't think that you have got a good point. It's because I don't credit the scriptwriters with that level of sophistication. So I shouldn't have tried to make anagrams collectively of every volunteer who was helping to search his name then. Okay. All right. Hang on. Let me just. Have you spent. It's all right. That's That's going in the bin like a Chelsea pregnancy test. Have you spent the week building like some kind of uh, um, virtual reality meta kind of <laughs> version of them, Ambridge then is for us all to sort of dive into? If I did, it's ruined now, hasn't it? Um, where do you think, I mean, obviously the rust thing, you know, people seem to get slightly blurred between whether we're fans of Russ's actions in his past or whether we're fans of the character. We're massive yeah. fans of the character. Tracy herself, when she was, flying off the handle said we all accepted him as a lovely man and we had we ignored what he really is a monster she didn't quite say that but they were really mm. losing it weren't they and uh yeah. it was real um lynch mob mentality it's obviously not russ is it no yeah i don't well, unless they've done a very very clever sort of double bluff um which would be spectacular if they've kind of sold yeah. us all of this red herring allowed us to realize it's a red herring but then haha he's a wrong and all along so he is obviously obviously some of russ's behavior is you know beyond the pale it's not illegal but it's immoral and he should be judged for that but just to clear up any because i know that there is a crossover between the lynch mob who want to see russ kind of you know um just you know treated really quite badly um i I don't approve of anything Russ has done in the past, but also there's Russ now compared to Russ in the past. Why is Russ different to any other character where the scriptwriters can just reinvent him? So first of all, I think as with every other character, you have to judge them based on the last couple of months. Otherwise, we'd all go mad if you tried to reconcile all these different versions of all these different characters. I mean, I made a joke about Kate during the week, which was basically like, you know, her personality can change three times in an episode. So why do we have to hold Russ to this higher standard? And the second thing is, and you, you just alluded to it, which is that that it's it's a silly it's a silly soap opera that we should we shouldn't be listening to anyway, but we are. And so um, Russ is judged purely on entertainment terms, and he provides a lot of entertainment. So whether he's you know a, a, a better or worse person in this fictional universe than say Schuler doesn't matter because Schuler is dull and he's not. So that's the only way I defend him, and that's the only reason I love him. Yeah, no, absolutely understood. I mean, we also probably, I mean, I I was the one that was flying the flag for him early on, purely just because he's the the comedic gold, which then, you know, Andonis was able to come on and say that 
his entire appeal is that he's pompous and he's always mm. being brought down to earth. But I did not enjoy that scene between Tracy, Russ and Lily. And I know that was the idea, but um, that was that was like the dark side of when Russ is brought to his knees, isn't it? I did, it yeah. was a hard listen. The thing that um, that I forget, a lot of people forget, is that being a hypocrite doesn't mean you're wrong. Or being being you know exhibiting bad behaviour doesn't mean you're wrong or can be wronged. So the fact that Russ was you know, behaved appallingly in the past, dating one of his students behind his wife's back, who apparently he was who was also young and impressionable when he first got with her, that doesn't mean that he can't be incredibly upset and rightfully upset that Lily's done the same to him, or in, incredibly traumatised that he's being publicly accused of being a you know almost a paedophile yeah and balanced with the fact that he was out there handing out flyers wasn't he the night before Mm. and it's just it's well placed isn't it that he's making these comments to lily about you know oh she's got a lovely smile when she's not being so feisty and frowning and it's all setting it up and susan pushed brad a little bit didn't she when they were making breakfast saying if you know anything brad then say and i think he just went into the the middle not even the recess, but like in the middle of his mind went, oh, well, there is this thing that um, she kind of fancies Russ and put, I mean, and, you know, surprising for Brad, the fucking maths genius, he put two and two together and got 357, walked upstairs and just said to Tracy, it was Russ because he bought her lunch once and that's why she's pregnant now. I do Mm. realise that we will both look like complete idiots if it does turn out to be Russ. We wouldn't do this podcast if we didn't mind being wrong. I mean, it happens all the time doesn't it yeah i mean there there is something delightful about making a prediction and it going completely you know the other way we are lucky that no one has ever had the time on their hands or the inclination to do a full audit of the shite that's poured out of our mouths <laughs> over the last half, a year <laughs> and a half and by the way if you are thinking of doing that um then that is a sign that you need to seek help or it, if you are thinking of do that please do it yeah, and send it to us, and uh, yeah, that can be our Christmas tape. Oh, so we're going to be exploited, so, so please do it, but then seek help. Yeah, but don't mash up our words, so we're saying things like, you know, hello, Smithers, <laughs> like in the Simpsons. That's a very good point. If I if I had more time in my hands, that's exactly what I could do every week. You're quite good at turning me on. <laughs> oh, Kerry, shut up. No, Peter, it's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> you are big and strong, Kerry. Come on, you. I've had a whole summer off. Why haven't I done this? <laughs> <laughs> well, created. There's actually an episode of Thirty Rock where uh, it's based around the fact that um, NBC owned like ten years of Seinfeld, so they just have him doing anything they want in any scenario because <laughs> they basically created like a kind of AI of him. But I like that. I'm looking forward to. It being Russ and making us look tits. The reason you might be right about your prediction about Josh is because he's one of the only potential suspects, if that's the right word, because they've done nothing wrong. I mean, that's one of the things. Is It's just two people having sex consensually, uh, you know, assuming it's the the, the um, from the rave. So, mm. um, you know, it, it's it's not like Josh has done anything wrong. But for the sake of conversation, if he's if he's the culprit... And he's the only one who wasn't on the show this week, pretty much. Who knows that she's pregnant? So we've got Tracy, Jazza, Brad. At one point, Susan didn't know. And unless I just completely missed it, suddenly she did know. 
in between mm. episodes. Someone might correct me, but I felt that she found that information out off mic because I thought she felt to fr- she said to Freddie, if only we knew why she'd run away or something. I felt like she said that on uh, Tuesday's episode when they were in the village shop. And then Jazza, obviously Harrison knows. And um, then Jim Jazza, and know. Yeah, Jim and Alistair know. So, and Chelsea said that she took the morning after pill, didn't she? And assumed that it had worked. And mm. obviously it hadn't worked. So there's every possibility the dad doesn't know. If she, yeah, even if I, she's with the dad, which she don't, we don't think she is. So Josh could be out there, genuinely looking for her, or any other other fathers potential fathers are available, because um, it is Ambridge, and yeah, unaware of the fact that she's uh, carrying his baby or someone else's baby. Uh, the other thing I thought was um, the thriller that Jim mentioned. Pretty sure is the movie Celia. And the actor who plays Josh is Celia Imery's son. But oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, and of course, her finest role was Highlander, vengeful girlfriend in Highlander. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All roads lead back to Highlander. Um, thinking about it, Matthew, right? We've we've been allowed to sort of swim around with all these different theories, and Kerry, as always, kind of cut to the chase on our kind of WhatsApp group this week, and she was like, "Yeah, it could just be some random, or it could be something completely random." And actually, the thing that doesn't make sense is Chelsea, for me, is Chelsea running away from home because of the pregnancy. I think her relationship with her mum, her relationship with Brad, her relationship with Susan is too strong for her to need to kind of like, you know, fl- uh, you know, flee the nest and find someone else, even with the argument she they had. It just doesn't ring true for me. So maybe to Kerry's point, there is some extra level to all of this. And there is a kind of a, a plot happening that's, that's all happened off mic that we're going to suddenly have sprung on us, um, which I would be a bit bored by. But at the same time, it would make more sense for why she's been away for a whole week in total radio silence. If it turns out to be a totally new character, I think people are going to be very bummed. I think they yeah. want it to be someone from the existing cast. And it's going to feel like a bit of a cop out if she just wanders back in and says, oh, it's just this totally... I mean, I did think at one point she might be with Blake. <laughs> that's that's just real wishful thinking. <sighs> oh, that would be amazing, Matthew. That would be absolutely wonderful. And then Blake comes because Blake, yes, yes, because she had a connection with Blake, didn't she? And there's no reason why they wouldn't have stayed in touch. She did, and she went away and came back in that episode on Sunday. There was that point where Tracy said, "Does he know the father?" Um, have you told him? And you can tell me if you want or whatever. And then she got the message, her phone beeped. And she said, right, I've got to go cut Harrison's hair. And she disappeared. And then she came back later and they had the argument when she said that she hadn't worn the condom. Um, But yeah, about halfway through Monday's episode, I was like, is she with Blake? (laughs) Big question mark in my notes. Well, here's the thing, right? Everyone knows the high esteem I hold you in. Um, and there is no faking my admiration for your dexterity with language and your sort of general wit and intelligence. But <laughs> I do feel like there's a bit of a savant with you when it comes to these plot predictions, like the kind of collision of these kind of random memories, your astonishing ability to sort of pluck these different facts from sort of various timelines, timelines that the rest of us have forgotten. I think it's Blake. But then I'm, as, as I've said before, a hundred times before, I'm incredibly credulous. 
So whatever you tell me, I'm going to believe. We just badly want the actor who plays Blake back, don't we? The ideal scenario is um, Lily has to bugger off to a convent because her behaviour this week was pretty shitty um, towards Russ. I mean, because she, she, okay, so Stockholm Syndrome, she's the victim, all that stuff. But her behaviour towards him, the way that she just flipped and immediately bought into the suspicions was really unappealing. Anyway, so she's got to go off to a convent. Sol, uh, something horrible happens to him and Russ stays in the village and we get Blake. Brilliant. Ross, um, Ross, it's not friends, is it? Sol accidentally is killed by Lily's, what rocket? Stomp rocket? I have no idea what that thing is that he bought her. Some kind of rocket. I, I got the impression it was like one of those it's a kid's nerf toy. things. Yeah. What's, what's the first part of that? What's the first syllable? Stomp. Stomp as in stomp to stomp on something. Stomp like the the world famous terrible percussion slash dance group. Okay, because I thought at one point it was called Stonk Rocket, which I thought was just sounded That's, completely that sounds bizarre. Like a really, really bad Christian rock group from the uh, <laughs> early, early or 2000s. or a movie that someone had on VHS that they hid hid under their bed. <laughs> Me and my mate Ben, we got Flesh Gordon. We got we managed to. To you know, a bit of tricker. We managed to get his mum to get Flesh Gordon out for us when we were. Oh, I used to completely mislabel mine, so they seemed quite innocent. Um, so certain friends of mine that listen to this podcast will remember borrow, borrowing a movie called German Taxi. Well, your mum will never forget the time that she th- <laughs> she thought she was going to be watching a, a you know a period drama and end up watching one in the one in the. <laughs> God's sake. <laughs> Wait, now I'm going to have to do a lot of beeping for that. <laughs> yeah. So do, do I leave that in with a load of beeps or do I just... Yeah, leave it in, leave it in with a load of beeps. A it'll be like when beep. I made my... Yeah, it'll be like when I made my Ian um, Women's Institute joke a few weeks back with me and Kerry and we just decided not to leave it in. Yeah. <laughs> Which I've, I've now had like... I've had more messages about what that was than... Um, than any other thing that ever happened on the podcast, I think. Well, I just remember seeing the title to that movie. Uh, movie's a very grand term. Um, and I was just, <laughs> I was, I was, a, it was a mixture of shock and awe and kind of like, and also a little bit of sort of like, well, well done, that man or woman who came up with that, that name. It's, you know, really quite. I mean, I, there's an opticians in Oakland that is called uh, a site for sore eyes, S I T E. And I remember thinking that's, you know, that was, I was like, yeah, that's a, that's worth, that's punning, punning for, you know, in the name of good. One of my most cringeworthy memories when I was a kid was I was in a newsagent in fish ponds in Bristol. And people who live in Bristol won't be so shocked to know that there is a suburb called Fish Ponds. Other people might be. And I was in a newsagent and I saw a magazine. It didn't faze me that it had plastic around it. And I grabbed it and said, hey, look, Shaking Stevens. And I'd just done that thing where you're your mind just reads the first few letters and misreads the word. And it was a magazine called Shaven Havens, <laughs> which I think yeah. I presented to my, to, I don't know if it was a senior member of my family. It wasn't one of my parents anyway. So yeah, bit embarrassing. And we all brushed over it and it, it got tucked back behind another quality publication. That was probably the one publication you can't brush over, but anyway. Um... Anyway, um, talking of mammoth chutney, Clary's making mammoth chutney, isn't she? Did you catch that? 
as soon as they mention any kind of uh, food competition, foodstuffs, anything in that direction, I just shut down. I just can't be bothered. Like any, you know, just any food competition. I'm just like, no, I'm not having this. I've had enough of it. You are den to my Brad, aren't you? That country stuff leaves you cold. Whereas, um, you know, you're more kebab shops and tarmac. Well, actually that's a, that's a combination of you and Kerry, isn't it? If you went into the, the fly machine, I think it's the opposite. I think I've had, you know, when I was a kid, I was so, I lived out in the middle of nowhere for periods of time. And I also lived in towns and cities for periods of time. But the periods of time I lived in the countryside were so boring. I, you know, I really resent the, the you know, living in some of the small villages I lived in because just, it was just, there was nothing to do. It was incredibly dull. Yeah, I, I think it's, uh, I find it far more appealing. Well, I loved the countryside as a kid, but I think I always like to come back to the city as well. But I think, um, I think I've got to that, I think I've got to that age where I quite appreciate it. <laughs> so, but as you know, we've just been house hunting and we were looking around uh, places on the coast. And there was a little house that we looked at that for me, for completely, from a completely selfish point of view, would have been absolutely ideal. But I was just saying, we can't live here. Cyrus will hate us down the line. You know, all his mates are meeting up at the pub and he's like two bus journeys away, minimum. So it was like, no, we have to move somewhere where he's got a chance to be, you know, at the centre of things. Um, so, you know, I've learned from, I've learned from the past. Have you ever taken him to a soft play centre? <laughs> uh, I haven't. Charlotte has. Um, I can't. I don't know. I mean, it's it's the thing that puts me off is just the idea of all the germs. Well, it's as as Alistair described, a pit of grubby balls. Yeah, I mean, you know, there used to be there used to be a club called Spank in Bristol. If you wanted a pit of grubby balls, that's where you went. Well, and Alistair and Jim went to a, a soft play centre instead. In search of Chelsea, which turned out to be another red herring. It was just a girl that looked like her. But I, I did enjoy Jim and Alistair. It gave them a chance. The whole thing's been a slight vehicle for people to bond with their children a bit, hasn't it? You had Jolene and Fallon tonight saying, I'm so proud of you. And you mm. know, getting very emotional at this idea of losing a or a child going missing. And then you had Jim and Alistair where Jim said to Alistair, do you feel you missed out because I never brought you to this thing that never existed when you were a kid? And Alistair had to point out that that fact. Um, I don't know, that whole thing about someone going missing in your life and actually being, you know, a son, a daughter, a, a blood relative. Luckily, I've never had to go through that for any prolonged period of time. I've had a couple of friends that have had to go through it. It's quite traumatic. When I was a when I was in a secondary school, a friend made a very poor attempt at running away from home and ran to my house, which which was only about ten minutes away down the road. He'd even packed a lunchbox full of sandwiches, and then my mum promptly phoned his mum, and his parents came and got him. So, you know, I can understand the stress involved, and I felt that Tracy was just bouncing along a bit in the first couple of episodes. Then she started to break up when she ravaged Chelsea's room looking for clues. And then it all fell apart tonight, didn't it? It was very sad when yeah. she started crying. And Jazza came home as if, because she'd been holding it together for so long. And then Jazza came home and went, what's happened? And it's like, well, <laughs> you know what's happened. She's actually, it's just, it's just suddenly all come flowing out, isn't it? At that moment. 
And I, mm. I can't imagine, I don't know if you've ever been through anything like that, but the idea, I mean, I, my mum lost me in British home stores once. And I think she, she went absolutely nuts for, for all of about 10 minutes. And I have vague memories of that as well. So a little bit of a, little bit of a humble bag there with your British home stores living. Was that when she bought you a big track? On the... <laughs> if you were Irish, Peter, you'd say, huh, no recession in that house. <laughs> Sorry, did I say British home stores? I meant Selfridges. <laughs> yeah, um, the horse-drawn carriage pulling up outside. Mother, big track, five of them with the apple, uh, with, you know, with the trailer. The, um, the, the, I do remember being over the moon when my sister got trapped in a, um, a kind of like broken elevator in an old department store and it was like you know it was like a comedy of errors my parents were running up and down the stairs trying to get her and she was crying uncontrollably and couldn't get off um and so every couple of minutes i'd see the doors open she'd be there and then the doors would shut and she'd go down again and i just i do remember just (laughs) does your sister listen to the podcast peter i don't know but but you know that what uh, uh my poor behavior when i'm when I was seven, hopefully wouldn't be counted against me now. No, at least those at least those uh, elevators had lifts, elevators had doors, because Fairfax House, which was then demolished for the galleries, which I have only have vague memories of, used to have, this was a shopping centre in Bristol that had elevators that didn't have doors and they just used to go up and go down and you had to jump on and jump off, thus risking kind of vague decapitation. And I remember being really quite terrified of them as a kid. I'm a bit of a francophile and I think part of it partly it's because I've got sort of um some French uncles who uh every summer when we'd see them they would get more and more cool in my eyes and I do remember I think we was, one of them was studying I can't remember exactly but I have a memory of him just sort of stepping with kind of insouciant kind of gallic cool onto one of those death trap you know constantly <laughs> moving elevators um, and you know, obviously I'd never seen one before and just the way that he just got onto it. Like it was, you know, uh, stepping off a train. I was like, oh yeah, wow. It's, it, just, it's, just it's, it's such a vague memory for me. It's so far away. The only other reverse version of that is that when, when I was a kid, my mum and her friend went for a, a drink and a bite to eat at lunchtime on this pub with a massive green in front of it common. And I went wandering off and climbed into a hollowed out tree. And I was about five, so I was able to get in. But then once I got in, I realized I was almost up to my kind of chest and I couldn't get out. And I was waving and my my mum and her friend got in the car and they started doing that thing being like, we're going now, we're going. And I remember sitting there thinking, I'm going to have to live in a tree now. I'm going to have to be tree boy. I could hear they even started the engine to ship me up. And then I think eventually my mum's friend went, do you know what? I don't think you can get out. And by the time they got me, I think I was quite distraught. So I've been on the opposite end of it. But um, yeah, you tried to Chelsea your mum, and she 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 didn't crack. <laughs> no, she's yeah. a tough woman. She wouldn't yeah. take it. Her version of the story is that this: if she was doing this podcast, it'd be all the time she tried to get rid of her son, and he kept <laughs> kept on yeah, finding his way home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she will message. She often messages me post um, podcast listen on a Sunday, saying, "I don't remember any of that," but she definitely remembers that story. She knows it happened. My dad's been staying this week, and I had this a couple of times with him. Where, you know, I'm not so arrogant as to tell my significantly older father. He remembers my childhood worse than I do, 
But I was just like, but I, was, I did say to, I can't even what it was a couple of days ago. I was just like, but why would I make it up? Like what? Mm-hmm. There's no, it doesn't show me in a good light. There's no, there's, it, there's no, there's no kind of bragging rights to this. Why would I make these things up? He's like, nope, didn't happen. I'm like, okay, all right. Well, I guess maybe I might be wrong. I was very upset to find out the other day that I didn't speak fluent German when I was a kid, which I had. Oh yeah. Always, I've been telling everyone for years that I spoke fluent German when I was a little boy. It turns out it's complete, complete bollocks. Total, total imagination. Total, um, f- you know, um, totally fabricated by me. Well, just to Never give mind. another Seinfeld reference again, um, Jerry Seinfeld asks George Costanza once, how do you lie like that? And he says, I can't really tell you. And then there's just a bit where he goes to walk out the room and just turns around and goes, Jerry, it's not a lie if you believe it. And then he turns <laughs> tails and leaves. Yeah, it's absolutely true because I, because I, I genuinely, I, I, I've told people for years that I sort of feel like I've got this real connection with the German language. It really speaks to me. I mean, I did live there, so I must have had a kind of uh, an exposure to it. But yeah, I thought my, but my kindergarten was a British Army one. Apparently, I always thought it was German children. Anyway, very boring. Oh, my grandmother was German, and my dad was born mm. there. But, um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not, not very good with the language. I'm, I'm also a bit of a crowdophile as well, which is a kind of oxymoronic way of saying it. But um, was it a Germanophile? What would you say? Deutschophile? Anyway, as well as being a Francophile, I'm a Deutschophile. And I feel that's like a kind of secret weapon as an English person because, you know, no one else seems to realise what an amazingly cool country it is and what a great place to visit is. Like everyone's, you know, too busy having a massive boner for the war we didn't win 70 years ago. (laughs) Anyway. I mean, you should be careful branding yourself a Deutschophile. There'll be um, a lynch mob from Ambridge with pitchforks coming round your house in a minute. Is there some pun I've missed there? Well, anything with file at the end, isn't there? Oh, yeah. There was a very famous case in Bristol about two decades ago where people were angry about someone who was being held in Knoll West prison at that time who was worth their anger, um, but not the lynch mob mentality. And then someone went, oh, I heard there's another blah, 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 lives up the street from here. And in fact, the guy was a pediatrician and they like came close to killing him. So, yeah, beware lynch yeah. mob mentality. That's all I'll say. Um, yeah, not much to say about Dan, is there? Let's just touch on him. Bit of a wrong un. Brad saw through him. Oliver wouldn't give him the money. And uh, he's drinking beer in the day. There was that very nice line, wasn't it? And it was, it was exquisitely acted where he's like, oh, you're just like your mother. And he's like, thank you. Yeah, good. Very softly, yeah. Yes. It could have been done quite heavy-handedly, but the way that he said it with that kind of very soft Brad voice was quite cool. Yes. I was worried Brad was starting to fall for his his charm, which was mm. practically non-existent. But the, at that point, he was like, that moment he realised Oliver ran Grey Gables, and he was like, oh, fancy place, isn't it? Maybe you could lend me the money for the car, Oliver. It's not for me, it's for my kids. And when Brad said, take the bus, he was like, Phew. He also branded his job waitressing as well he was a total tit isn't he mm. i mean he's an Im- he, yeah he's an image on a stick that's why we've got him there um whether he really I'll bring him back interesting i don't know the act the actor was quite pleased that he was in it was posting his photos on twitter so i mean as a as a he reminded me a bit of another character oh he reminded me of kyle yates and i know that's a little bit pigeonholy because of the brummy accent but he wasn't a million miles away mm. as a personality from Kyle, except Kyle seems to have be have done quite well for himself because he lives in Ambridge. I didn't like Den. I won't be 
not keen to hear from him again anytime soon. But uh, yeah, he can do one. Uh, but he won't know. <laughs> he's he's going to be. He'll be back because otherwise, it's a completely mad detail to have Jim and Brad go over there and have a chat with him. Oh God, I hope we're not going to have a Dan Jazza face off. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, see, so the thing is, Jazza. Jazz is confusing, isn't he? Because I get the impression he's all mouth, no trousers, but but also but also we're kind of led to led to believe he's this kind of you know rap scallion Jack the Lad. So I don't really know what to believe. I kind of feel like Jazz is a softy, and that's a compliment from me. I'm not you know. But he's I'm gone not through that phase. He's gone through that phase, hasn't he? And I like the fact that Jim and Alistair had to point out the 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 heavy handedness of just saying. It's Russ. We're all going to go around there and accuse him, which Tracy did. Um, even Susan, when they went back, saying, "Well, the police will deal with it now." And she was mm. like, "He won't seem so smug when, when you know, he's confronted about it." I was like, eh, "Just hold your fire a little bit." Yeah. Anyway, you know, it was all you know. We were we were always going to get feel a little bit. Um, it was always going to push our buttons this week, wasn't it? The storyline, not just us, mm. but everyone's. I have tried to remember this week that for some people it's too much of a trigger to overlook the fact that it's a silly little soap opera and it, you know, they can't enjoy the character in the way that we do. And I get that. Like I'm not, I'm not sort of, you know, I'm not trying to be, I'm not expecting everyone to see my point of view on that one, but, but, but equally at the same time, it did seem surprising that, that everyone just lost their brains. Like, you know, sort of, uh, I don't mean in real life. I mean, in the arches, people like Susan, people like Tracy, just like, you know, they didn't just, pause a little bit have a little bit of a think before they ran off to accuse him because apart from anything else it's not good for chelsea no and it's going to be horrendous isn't it if it then turns out to not be him which we don't think it is and chelsea is going to have to come back and say no this guy actually really was lovely and he did give me support and he did help me out with my studies apparently Mm. he said something nice about her t-shirt dress uh, the rave which he and right he was eed off his head <laughs> no i've said nice things about people that you know oh jesus it's just such a bizarre thing to target him with and we i sh- i reshared the rave episode didn't i in the week yeah. i shared it on our socials and i shared it with you and he did she did say like i've got a t-shirt dress in my bag this isn't my first rodeo and then when Lily found him again, he said, she's over there. Oh, no, she's not now. She's somewhere else. But whatever. This is Ace. And just started, mm. like, jigging around. Assuming that that was the evening where it all you know, where it all happened, he was in no state to be, you know, doing anything except for being a kind of, like, you know, fawning boyfriend. To it's feasible that she does fancy him, which seems to have been the ball that's got this whole thing rolling, isn't it? And because she's said she's... Ref- said things back to brad we didn't hear the t-shirt comment off we, it was off mic wasn't it but there was that whole thing where brad said that sounds like a date uh lily will get jealous and she said i know right so we're dealing with that as well anyway if you think we've got any of this wrong or any of this right you can get in touch on our twitter which is at the cider shed pod which you will find me hosting for a few more days until kerry is dragged kicking and screaming from a beach in Mallorca back to England, where I guess nothing's happening right now. Uh, Back to the shite mines here at the podcast. (laughs) 
<laughs> back to the world of tarmac, the world of tarmac and kebab shops that she calls home, a, a Graham Potterless Brighton. Uh, you can get in touch on Instagram, which is the same as Twitter, at the Cider Shed Pod. And we have a Facebook group, which is called the Cider Shed Podcast. Come and join us there. Post all your thoughts. We're being quite, you know, we do put up spoilers during the week. I, I got a little rap over the knuckles, but it's just one of those things, you know, just just be careful. If you're coming mm. into the group, spoilers will appear. Uh, Peter, we have an email. We do. Hello at thesidershed.com. If you want to ping us a message and... Uh... Lots of people have been incredibly generous and donated to us on Patreon. Matthew, we didn't put any adverts in the f***ing episode. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, here's an advert now. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. If you want to dodge that advert that just happened, um, then please go to Patreon and um, uh, yes, it, it's um, patreon.com forward slash the cider shed and any donations are very gratefully, gratefully received. Um, and Matthew, I, now you, we have to do the, uh, the, what's it called? Fancy football. Go on, get it over and done. Oh, with. the fancy football. Well, it's, it's all, well, there's going to be no games this weekend. No. Um, for for reasons so you don't have to worry game week seven has been postponed but if i'm just gonna have a quick look at where we all stand in the league warbis dream team is in second place Mm. only 16 points off top that's not a lot the beauties with julie Fremantle are still number one uh chelsea horobin fc is is in seventh place with me 
Liam, who helped me set it up, is in uh, Tent Place with Norfolk and Chance, which is obviously a pun to make it sound like I've, uh, I've made a swear, and I didn't. Relegate the Archers, 21st place. I mean, part of your problem, Peter, is that you've got one player who no longer plays in the league, which is Marcus Alonso. He is at least on your bench. That's how confident I am. Um, He's gone to Barcelona. (laughs) He signed him. He will not play. I'm going to be consistent. Those, those, Those are the people I thought of, thought would do the job at the beginning of the season. And let's see, let's see what happens. Let's see, you know, it's all it's all going to come out in the wash. Yeah, maybe Graham Potter will, will bring him back. Well, we had extraordinarily high listening figures last week, which we are very, very grateful for. It will be interesting to see what um, nearly fifty minutes of Russ talk do to our numbers. Yes, um, but yeah, it's a um, uh, and also I am for the first time in a long while really gripped and curious to see what happens so i don't think we kind of i'm not sure how much that came across this week when we were talking but i am excited about next week i'm looking forward to seeing what happens yeah i'm most gripped since the the slave lads storyline and jim jim's abuser it's up there in Mm. in recent times for me when when alistair jazzer and jim got in the car like the avengers and went up north to get him yeah But but he was already dead yeah, and we've had a happy. Well, let's see if we can make it three for three on a happy endings. That would be good. Yeah, hopefully. Mm. If only it'd been yeah, if it'd been a, a happy ending, and nothing else, then Chelsea wouldn't be in this situation, would she? <laughs> well, I can't improve on that. Have a lovely week, everyone. Bye. Hang on.